Hi, welcome to the Radiation Research Society vodcast. I'm here with Mitha Medora from the Medical College of Wisconsin. I'd like to welcome you to the vodcast. Okay, Thank you for joining us. Um, I hear you have a bunch of really interesting posters here at the, um, the research festival here in Weston, Florida. <laughs> um, would you like to discuss some of those? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I do have um, four posters and they cover three important uh, topics in the field. Um, the first topic is um, animal models to study radiation injury. We have um, models that um, are uh, exposing the whole body of the animal or just specific organs. So we have a few models that are very well characterized and this really helps with the rest of our studies. Um, the second uh, topic that um, we cover are mitigators. In fact, the medical college uh, from where um, I come pioneered this concept of mitigation where you can intervene after radiation and still improve an outcome. And in fact, uh, my mentors, John Mulder, Eric Cohen, and Brian Fish, um, have had a lot of success with angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors. Mm -hmm. These are, they're, they're called ACE inhibitors, yes. are commonly used for hypertension and vascular and cardiac remodeling but they have been very successful in mitigating radiation-induced injuries to the lungs, the kidney, the heart, with these same drugs. That sounds very interesting. And uh, how did this group, how did you guys decide to use ACE inhibitors in this fashion? Actually, um, very early, and this is more than 25 years ago, um, doctors, the, my mentors, and a few other pioneers um, I think they were hot then, they happened to try them, they worked, and um, they, they got more interesting. And then, um, not many others pursued it. Mm -hmm. But the, the interesting thing is that there is clinical data that they actually mitigate injury to the lungs and kidneys and get better outcome in cancer patients who have been irradiated for radiotherapy. So um, we, are, we have done a lot. We're very confident that they are excellent mitigators. Wow, that's exciting. Are there any uh, new small molecules that you're looking at as well? Or is, is it all this research focused on the ACE? Actually, it's, uh, we have some exciting data from a collaboration that I'm doing with um, another faculty who has a U01 a grant from NIAID like I have. Mm -hmm. Both of us are collaborating and she has her mitigator for early effects and I have uh, our ACE inhibitors for the late effects and we've combined them and we actually get a better outcome oh, by combining them. So we were very excited. That's really interesting. And this just in animal models or has it moved into the clinic? Not the combination. Okay. And uh, the model that we use for a radiological terrorism is a single dose, whilst in the clinic they use fractionated or right. other kinds of therapies. So it's a little different model there. But um, we, we and others have reported um, outcomes from both the clinic and the preclinical animal models. That sounds very exciting. 
Um, so actually, coming uh, because of these two topics that we've covered, we are able to um, now think of, yes, we can mitigate these injuries, but how do we know who to give the mitigator to? So we need biomarkers. Okay. And that's the third. This um, is what you're presenting on here at the conference. This is the poster that I will be presenting mm -hmm. at uh, the meeting. So um, I used to be a vascular biologist before I became a radiation biologist. So I started looking at the vessels in the lung after radiation. And I looked from one day to one year and the, the assay that we used was to uh, dissect pulmonary arterioles and see in an organ bath if they constrict or dilate. And one day after radiation, they kind of lose their reactivity. So as compared to a normal vessel, they don't constrict and dilate as much. But then that goes away. And by about uh, three days, it's less. And by one week, that vessel looks fine. So um, the injury kind of improves, but then at four weeks, it really starts to lose reactivity. Mm. And by six and eight weeks, when there's full-blown lung injury or damage, the vessels are very non-responsive. Besides of that, as the injury progresses, again, starting at four weeks, we see fewer vessels. They seem to be dropping out. So the radiation is actually killing these uh, vessels in mm. some form. So when I saw these two very early, these were the earliest changes I could record. So if you look at the animals by four weeks, they actually don't look sick at all. Is this dose dependent, so a certain threshold? Yes, there is a certain threshold. Um, and it also is irradiation to the lungs only. So okay. if the rest of the uh, body is involved, you would see earlier um, symptoms of bone marrow and gut injury. Okay. So if you just focus on the lungs, then you see these vascular changes, which I, I saw were the first changes. And so I wanted to capture this for a biomarker. But these were all invasive studies, and that would not make a good biomarker. So I went to another mentor uh, and colleague, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Jacobs, who is a pulmonologist. And she pointed me to um, this imaging that is used in the clinic to measure perfusion in the lung. So we tried that with our animals, and it was surprising. We tried it one week, two weeks, three weeks, and four weeks, because we can bring our mitigator on at five weeks. So we wanted to do, find our biomarkers before that five-week point. And at one week, we noticed um, a change in the perfusion pattern, pattern throughout the lung. So um, we were excited, because I thought it would be around four weeks. Then we thought of an, another biomarker, which is actually a molecule that binds to dying cells, because we realized that after radiation, the cells would be starting to die out. And so we tagged that with a tracer and with the same imaging um, scanner, we were able to pick up an increase in dying cells, not at one week this time, but at two weeks. But the nice thing is then at two weeks, both our biomarkers became informative. So we could just um, measure them at two weeks. We could measure both in the same animal, one after the other on the scanner at one time. And um, we were very encouraged by that, uh, by the early response we got within two weeks. So this is something that could be used potentially after a radiation accident? Uh, yeah, you could image. and. Um, 
most of the hospitals and clinics in the country, at least the major hospitals, definitely have these scanners available. So this is readily translate, translated. We have some other biomarkers that um, we're pursuing too. One set is microRNA. These are small RNA that are very stable in the circulation. And dying cells uh, package these in what they call exosomes and they're released to the circulation. And so we have taken these exosomes at again one, two, three, and four weeks and done next generation sequencing to look at all the microRNA. Yeah, I know exosomes is a, a, a hot topic now. Yeah, They've yeah. created their own uh, society for exosome oh, research. Is that right? <laughs> yes, there is their own. You, you could take this to the exosome uh, uh, conference. conference as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, no, we, we use this just as a screen. But um, now we just, we don't do the whole sequencing, but we still take the blood and by a very simple t um, method, RT-PCR, we quantitate just the markers that we've um, developed. And we are um, hoping to combine that with the imaging. Um, but there was one biomarker that was my favorite, and that was to measure nitric oxide and exhaled breath. Mm. Because during inflammation of the lung, nitric oxide is a reactive oxygen species, um, is a, a, a Ross molecule. Um, and they saw in human, in cancer patients, those that developed pneumonitis had higher nitric oxide in their exhaled breath. But we didn't see that in our rats. We saw a slight increase, but not like, um, was in the clinic, so maybe that's a species-specific difference or something. But we're pretty happy with the biomarkers that we do have. So these biomarkers, would they help you determine what kind of mitigators you would use? We're hoping for, th for this set that I've described, we're hoping that uh, we will be able to predict radiation injury to the lung. However, we have different markers okay. uh, for the kidney. Actually, the kidney is easier because you can measure the markers in the urine or the blood much more easily than for lung injury. That's really interesting. So you were saying there is a threshold as far as the amount of radiation, the dose that would uh, instill this type of injury and, and therefore um, elicit these biomarkers. I know that in, in the event of some sort of radiation disaster that determining how much radiation someone has received is essential to figuring out how to triage those patients. I'm just curious if these biomarkers could be used in that capacity. So these are biomarkers, not really biodecimators, okay. but in a way biomarkers may be better because they're predicting the injury. Right. So different people may have different sensitivities. So the dose is important, but to predict injury, the biomarker may be even more informative. But you're right, you need to know the dose, mm -hmm. and that's important. And below a certain threshold, the lung will be um, less injured and not that. It won't be a potential threat to, to uh, survival. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Um, are you working on anything in the future, um, like new projects that are on your horizon? or? Is this still something that so has a, a, lot, a lot of work to go? to go? I have two NIH grants. I'm sorry, um, by NIH I mean NIAD, okay. uh, which has the countermeasure program. And um, so I'm really focused on these two, but uh, we have a number of ideas. 
Um, and we certainly, our main goal is to get ACE inhibitors approved for use in either the clinic or if there was a, a radiological event, which I hope will never happen, right. um, to be put in the stockpile for that uh, purpose. Well, thank you so much, Mitha, for joining us here at the Radiation Research Society vodcast uh, here in Florida. And um, I hope you come back and speak with us again sometime. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. You're welcome. Thank you.